Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. And we got some guests coming on today because today is episode 300. There you go. We even brought our own fans. That's right. 300 episodes. So, uh,. We've got uh, we've got one guest in the in the green room already, but I wanted to throw out this statistic real fast. Okay, just, just so the listeners know how good a show this really is, That's right. right? And and how unique this show really is. That's right. So I was doing a little research on podcasts. First of all, how many podcasts? Well, actually, let's bring Bill in for this trivia. <laughs> All right. So welcome back to the uh, podcast Persuasion by the Pint podcast rooms. Bill Mueller. Welcome. Another hey guys, applause. <laughs> it's going to be crazy today. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of clapping. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Uh, first of all, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Dang. Yes. Yeah. It's cool. It's good to have you back. You've been on the show, I think twice before yep. it's your third appearance. And we're just kind of for the listeners, we're bringing in a couple guests today. We're going to be talking just about some of the past podcasts and, uh, We'll probably recap for those new listeners how we got started and a little origin story during the show and that kind of stuff. But here's here's the trivia I brought to the show today, Jonathan. Okay. How many podcasts would you say there are in 2023? Wow. Um, Not episodes, but actual podcast actual podcasts. shows. Uh, let's see. Total population is what, around 150... I think the U.S. is 300 million. 300 million. Okay, so I'm going to take... And that's just the U.S. I'm going to say 2.5 million podcasts. Okay. Bill, you got a guess? Boy, journalism brain. uh, Yeah, mine was going to be in the tens of thousands. So now is this this based on like not just one platform, but anyone with a podcast? Yes, right. Correct. That could be anyone that does one podcast episode and decides... I don't okay. want to do this anymore. All right. I'm going to say it's, it's less than a million. I'm going to say 700,000. Okay. And, uh, our buddy, Chris O'Hearn says in the comments, 1.5 million and the actual retail number of podcasts is three to 4 million. Wow. So Jonathan's <laughs> closest without going over. Hey, I've been doing up. this a while. Yeah. Yeah. So three to 4 million podcasts. Now here's the, the crazy thing. Um, according to Amplify and Pod News, forty-four percent of podcasts have less than three episodes. Yep. Mm. So a lot of people start them. Not and many they, people hanging in there for three hundred episodes. Oh yeah. I trust me. I see this all the time. Yeah, and uh, seven only seven hundred and twenty thousand. So we're down to like what one fifth, one fourth. <laughs> That's right. Have more than ten episodes. And only 156,000 out of the 4 million are releasing a weekly episode. Yep. So we're in pretty slim company there. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So it's like what I tell everybody is one of the keys in podcasting is going to be consistency, you know, doing yep. this on a regular basis. <clears throat> There's no one shot. So, yeah. And, uh, the U.S. or the Eng- English language podcasts are still by far outranking everything else. If you know how to speak Spanish, you should start a podcast because uh, or Portuguese down. or Indian. But yeah, like Spanish language podcasts would be a nice little niche right now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Hey, if you if you guys had one tip for someone starting a podcast to to kind of aim for that sort of consistency, what would it be? Uh, stack them. <laughs> that batch them and stack them. That's right. Stack them. If you if you if you feel like you can't do it every week, do uh, you know stack them back to back and just have them drip out, Trip out on a regular basis. Or know? if you, yeah, we could have like. Last week was really long. We could have broken that up. We did break it up into two. Yeah. We could have dripped it out over two weeks if we wanted to, but we right. knew we were doing this episode. So we've missed a few weeks here and there, but we've been pretty darn consistent. And yeah. other than some major travel or something like that, we've been, been pretty consistent. But yeah. Um, and there's so yeah. many opportunities, Bill, that we even we're missing out on because we've yeah. put out so much content over the last four years you know, 300 episodes, you can repurpose like micro, uh, little micro bursts on each episode of like, you know, throw those, you know, throw those out on Instagram or stuff like that. And we just don't do that. Yeah. So. yeah. A little bit more of a hobby for us than probably exactly. a lot of podcast right. hosts. So, well, let's, uh, let's talk beverage. I see we have another guest in the house. All uh, right. It's a little early, but we'll, we'll bring him in. Oh, he just disappeared. Oh, and must be coming back. Yeah, right. I told him 345. So uh, He's probably just testing, testing his equipment. Okay. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and talk some beverages up. Oh, there he is again. All right. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing over there. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go ahead and bring David in. David's been on the show a few times as well. Welcome back to What's the up, show. David Dutton. One and only, thank God. Yeah. Oh, y'all stop. I'm blessing. I'm blessing. Stop. David, David meet Bill. Bill meet David. That's right. Hey, Bill, David. Good to see you. Good Two of you. our best guests. Yes. Oh, dude, of all that's time. nice. <laughs> well, you had me at drinking, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> that. Who choose good good beverages? Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of beverages, uh, I've got a good one for the show today. And Jonathan, I'm not sure what you got going on, but Bill, I know, brought a themed drink. Who's oh. nice enough to bring us one that. Uh, has a little bit of a theme to it to match the show. So, Bill, why don't you tell us about what you got going on over there? Yeah, David, you're going to well, love this one that Bill's well, about to introduce. I, I, have, I have a disappointing audible to share. Uh, it turns out the beer I was hoping to bring is not available oh. locally. I thought it was. Oh. So, where's my. I can't find that. little bait and switch. I'm sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, by the way? What was it? Well, it was uh, Tony Gwynn. It's called. It, it's. It, a beer inspired by the late great Tony Gwynn. It's called 341. I'm sorry, 394 Pale Ale, based on his 1994 season of having batted batted 394 in a strike shortened season. Nobody would have. Nobody knows, of course, whether he could have gotten to 400. Wow. And it's wow. a San Diego based beer. I'm up in the Seattle area right now. I couldn't couldn't find it up here. So, boo. We'll bring in a pinch hitter. <laughs> we'll have you back for episode 394. Yeah. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Bill, I got a I got a little trivia here because uh, I know your your background is in in journalism. Uh, our buddy David has had because uh, you were sports you were early sports journalist, right? Yeah. So our friend David here has had the the great Daryl Strawberry over at his house. Oh my! Yeah, and, uh, pretty that cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to have an event in my house, and Daryl Strawberry speaking, and he didn't know me from Adam, and I'm here in Franklin, Tennessee, and um, I want to have an event. It looked at it as like a carrot, you know, to draw people to my house. Sure. And I, out of persistence, uh, just kept following up, and I paid him 
not as much as you would think, but it's still a lot of money. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's for two hours is a lot of money, but when you think Daryl strawberry, it's like, wow, you got Daryl strawberry. And, uh, and I just said, Hey, you're already speaking here. Stay one more day, hang out in my house. And one, one quick story is I don't want to dominate the conversation, but, um, I had to get, well, I had to go pick up Daryl strawberry as part of my contract or whatever. <laughs> and, but I, I wanted to network with my people here. That's why I did the event. So I had my buddy that rents out exotic cars and I said, Jonathan, uh, another Jonathan, Jonathan Bowman. I said, Hey, can you pick up Daryl strawberry? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, and, uh, he said, what do you want to drive? And I'm like, I don't know, just something cool. Like maybe a Bentley or, or a Lamborghini or whatever. Uh, so he brought, he bought, uh, or he brought Daryl strawberry, uh, to my house in the Lamborghini. Now I'm thinking it's cool because I don't I don't own one or anything. But you know Daryl Strawberry had a twenty million dollar contract at one time. Like <laughs> he's like owned ten of them or something at some point. Maybe you know. Anyway, he gets to my house and there's video of him pulling up in my driveway because GPS didn't pick up my neighborhood at the time. Uh, it was a new build, and uh, I never forget him folding out. He didn't even like it. He didn't tell me till afterwards. He didn't like because he's six nine. Oh. I, I didn't even think about it. So he folded out of the Lamborghini and then, uh, I'd never forget. Uh, so I'm barefoot. I don't really wear shoes a lot. And, and he, um, he gets out of the car and he kind of eyes me down like from top to bottom, not in an arrogant way, but you know, like who the hell is this dude way? And you know, I, and listen, I didn't have shoes on, but I had a $300 shirt on and, and jeans <laughs> But I just don't like wearing shoes. I wear sandals, you know, probably 355 days a year. And um, so it almost was like, I mean, he could have been walking into some like KKK meeting or some crazy <laughs> thing because he don't come into somebody's house. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you don't like, that's not a thing. You call Daryl Strawberry and like um, go in. So he just said, so anyway, we, we got in the house. He said, what do you want me to talk about? I was like, well, just be Daryl Strawberry. And so he said in my living room, and got to talking and he told the story. He said, actually my assistant, which happens to be his niece, kept talking to him about me. And, and this is all through email. Like I was emailing her. I didn't get on the phone with her. And he said, I prayed about it. And it just felt like, you know, uh, it would be okay. You know, again, total stranger going into my house in the house. And so anyway, he ended up speaking, preaching really, um, and I ended up Facebook having my video guy there and he Facebook lived it. Like at the time I had a bigger, you know, decent following, like 3000, it was 3000 views or whatever. And, um, for my house or whatever. And, uh, but it was so funny. Uh, one side note and I'm gonna stop is, uh, he, um, I was like, Hey, is it okay if we drink, you know, like, you know, he's had his problems. Now he's been in ministry for, yeah. you know, hundred years or whatever. And so I didn't want to have a, like a 30, 30, 30 for 30, like at my house, <laughs> you know, David Dutton gets Daryl Starbury drunk. And he, like, <laughs> I did not want to have that on my, on my shoulders. And they're like, no, it's fine. So sure. I'm sitting there drinking wine uh, in front of Daryl Strawberry and he was fine, whatever. But like, I was already kind of buzzing and I just sit next to him and he just did his thing. And, but it was phenomenal. Like people still talk about it around here. Like, Dude, you had Daryl Strawberry in your house. We had like forty people in my living room and kitchen, and you know, so it was funny. Uh, you were tempting uh, the the great Daryl Strawberry. I, I know, man. That would have just been terrible. Stumbling block. My house and 
Yeah, but he's, he's been dealing with those temptations for years and years, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, Bill. Yeah, that's true. But the first, the first thing I thought of when you mentioned him was how tall he was, and when you mentioned the Lamborghini, I thought of him. Okay, that's, that's oh, you already know. thought that. Like I had no yeah. concept. That, that's, that's the most immediate feature I think of him is how tall he was. He is. Yeah, uh, he's pretty. Yeah, that's crazy. I try to get him back, but I will say it's a lot more now. Like COVID. <laughs> kind of kind of like uh and this is before covid happened but it's kind of like nobody was on the road and then all of a sudden boom everybody's on the road and it's like dude he's in demand so his fees like everybody else was like banging and i was like all right i'm i'm priced out you know it was good so i have to hit up some of those cameo people on the cameo app for 150 bucks yeah i know i'm thinking about trying to get I mean, I'm talking to different people, and you just never know. Like, I mean, who knows? I don't care if they tell me no. I'll just go do, you know, find somebody else or whatever. But uh, you just, I try to look for opportunity. Who knows who? And yeah, that type of thing. Piggyback off that. So, all right, David's already drinking, so uh, we better catch up. Yeah. So we got to go back, Bill. I'm sorry, we we got off to, we got off course with what your new beer, your replacement beer is. Yeah. So uh, when I couldn't get to 394 Pale <laughs> Ale, I picked up a. An organic chocolate stout from Samuel Smith's. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Is You've it? Had that okay. one. Yes. I'll take yeah. your word for it. It's. <laughs> I think we yeah. gave it a good rating too. I yeah. won't tell you what that's... it is because we don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Get started here. Let me. Uh... Yeah, you pour that, and um, so Jonathan, what do you have? Um, I've got. You know, I thought about bringing back since this is a three hundred, being bringing a best of. But like I just told Bill, I don't remember what our scores are, so it's hard to bring back a best up. So I got, I went and got a uh, from Boulevard Boulevard Brewing Company a churro grande. Let me oh, pull wow. this up. This is a uh, churro, huh? Churro, churro. Uh, it's gonna have a little cinnamon in it, I guess. It's gonna have some uh, huh. brown ale with cinnamon and natural mm-hmm. flavors. It's a limited release, twelve percent ABV. So I've got. I've got one in front of me and then one on deck, um, just in case. <laughs> yeah, get to drinking water. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, all right, all right. Well, I, I am having um, the 2022 ah. Bourbon County brand 30th anniversary reserve stout. Jonathan actually sent me this for Christmas, and it comes in a uh, crazy fancy box. And uh, these are like limited edition every year. They do this every year. Um, and how they started actually reminds me of how we started the podcast. They were literally just sitting around talking beer and distillery stuff with some some friends and decided, hey, what if we crossed beer and bourbon barrels? Yeah. And that was 30 years ago, and they've been doing it every year since, yeah. uh, even though they thought it was, they thought it was going to be a one-time thing. So Sure. Nice. Yeah. Um, this awesome. one is like 14.4%. So we'll It'll get you drunk. It, it will. Their margins are pretty good, though, right, Sean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing one, all right. One beer, they're they're doing pretty good off that one beer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is like buying a bottle of liqueur, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They know how to. Package. David, what do you have there? The usual. Right, so my buddy owns a liquor store here, and, and phenomenal <laughs> guys. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I love that I start. Go- my buddy owns a liquor store here, so <laughs> it's always a good yeah. lead-in to a great drink. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, uh, and I'm amazed by the advertising. I'll go in because he's like a character. He's got a Tark, uh, Tark Patel, uh, here. And he's just a character. It's like the greatest personality. And he has a sampling table 
So every time you go in, Targ's drinking, and there's like five people around doing these little sips of stuff, and I just come across stuff, but I walk around the store just because, you know, it's like blood in the water, all the advertising of like, everybody's trying to stand out. So like, here's the Godfather, and here's 1819, or here's, you know, whatever. So anyway, just try, I try random stuff. Um, Bill, I am a, when I come on here, uh, I usually don't have beer here, just I just don't think about it, but like, uh, I'm Malibu rum and pineapple juice. I'm like a big kid that just likes to buzz. Like that is it. Like that's what I like. Um, and Targ has introduced me some other rum, but on the sampling table about two weeks ago, he showed me this thing and I don't know. It's, it's a lip. Whoops. Here we go. It's a Lebanese alcohol. Don't know anything about it. It's hundred proof. And um, just, you know, I, I've been drinking it straight, but like, I mean, I just now start drinking. I've been drinking all day, but like, uh, but are you okay, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I put it in root beer the other day. It was really good, but it tastes like black licorice and it's a hundred percent. They got it. They got spot on. Like it's, if you like black licorice, this is money right here. And, uh, it's, it's really good. And, uh, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Just straight. And, uh, I didn't test anything else in it, but it does have a good taste to yeah. it. A lot of them, man, like, you know, you try stuff and I'm like, that is not French toast. Like that is not like <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch beer. Exactly. Like that is not, don't, you know, false advertising, but they hit this one. So that's what I got. Well, let's, uh, let's cheers it up, gentlemen. Cheers it up. Cheers, cheers everyone. Cheers. <laughs> Bill, I'm curious about yours. I can't wait to hear your, I want to see what yours is like. Yeah, I like it so far. I think we've had give that one score. twice on the show, there, Bill. Yeah, so give give it a give it a quick rating. And the rating's uh, up to five, right? Yep, exactly. one to five pints. Boy, I'm giving it a a four point two. All right, very good rating. It's really it's chocolate. Really creamy. It's almost I hate to say it, it's like chocolate milk, but it's mm-hmm. very even and smooth. And yeah, I even. I can taste some vanilla in there, I think, and maybe even a little bit of cherry. It's really good. That's good. All right. Well, I'll go with mine. Um, this is good. Like, as soon as I poured it out of the bottle, I smelled it. Like, it just smells good. And for something that's 14.4, um, it's definitely, like, strong, and it's got a little bit of a liqueur taste to it, but it's still pretty smooth. Some of these can be sickingly sweet. Yeah, the stouts of this, the imperial stouts, and because it's a bourbon stout, I don't. It doesn't have that same like Russian imperial. So I'm going to give this. I don't think it's quite a five, but I'm going to give it a four point eight. Wow! Right up there, yeah. right up there, man. Getting a little close sure there. It is, but yeah, it sounds good. Four point eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That All right, Jonathan. Uh, I'm going to give this one a. Uh, Oh man, this one I'll probably give it a four six, just wow. just under you, Sean. This is really good for a uh, for a twelve percent. Normally those twelve percent get a little too sweet, but yeah. this one is uh, this one's not a too brown bad. ale. That's that's pretty stout. That's pretty. Uh, I was say stout, but that wouldn't be the right word. Yeah, that's pretty strong mm-hmm. for a uh, brown ale. Yeah, twelve percent for sure. So, David, you uh, your uh, your candy drink there is yeah my candy drink. Uh, I'm going. I'm gonna go four point six. I like the four point six number. I'm gonna go with that on that one. Uh, I like the fact that 
Um, it smells good, like you said. It, but I like the smell of. I love black licorice. It oh, smells yeah. really good. I can actually drink it. I mean, it's, it's strong, but it's like it's drinkable. I don't feel like I'm set on fire, you know. And it's got a great taste. Yeah. Now, like I said, I put it with root beer because I love root beer, and that is money. Uh, I've done that, but I haven't tested anything else. I have no idea if anything will go with this, but it is good by itself, which I appreciate. So, what is it, Goldschlager that tastes like licorice as well? It's got the gold flakes in it and it tastes like licorice. I hadn't had that in a hundred years. Uh, that's a good yeah. question. I need to go try some next time. Yeah. It's been since college since I had that. I remember going to a party and Goldschlager. Yeah, you usually put that in the in the fridge or the freezer too. Oh, dude. So try you know, that in the freezer. The crown, when I started dating my wife, you know, 100 years ago, like, her parents put um, uh, Crown Royal, like, in the freezer. And I'd never even heard anybody doing that or anything like that. And it's totally different. And it's like, man, take my money. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, you got to have your kids selling snow cones out on the curb there <laughs> to your neighbors. Yes. Bingo. Yes. Money. Doesn't Jaeger also have a black licorice uh, taste to it? I think yeah, I think so. Jaeger's little got all kinds of stuff going on. For sure. <laughs> You're bringing up bad memories there, Bill. <laughs> like dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. So, uh, yeah, so let's jump into some, like, past episodes. But I, I want to ask Bill, too. Like, Bill, what's what's been going on in, in your world? And, yeah. Um, in the world of persuasion for you. I know you've got some new stuff cooking and love to hear about that too. Yeah. Well, the new stuff I have cooking is like, like everyone else, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole with uh, AI and chat GPT a little bit. Yep. And at first I really kind of snubbed my nose at it because <laughs> after playing around with it a little bit, I, I can see that it really doesn't produce copy that, that I could produce, but I think I sold it short because then I started using it for pieces of things. Mm-hmm. And I found it was really good for that. Yeah. Whether it's subject lines or let's say you're writing a book and you need some catchy chapter titles. Uh, and I just found the more you just yeah. sort of talk to it, the more you could kind of refine your results. Now for whether it could crank out a full on sales page, I know it can do that. And I know it can do it in a very grammatically correct way, but you know, it's going to be good and serviceable but the kind of copy that I like to write has more personality to it. Yeah. And so I'm not sure how useful it's going to be that, but I'm, I'm kind of looking into it because my crowd really would like to churn out some copy faster. And I think it's got some really good uses for that. Mm-hmm. Bill, let's talk about the titles. I'm finishing a book and I'm looking, I'm, t- I'm tweaking some sell- some subtitles. And so I did that the other day. I had a buddy put it in chat GPT and, it was, it was pretty good. I, I gave him like, I said, write 10 subtitles for this book. Um, and based off this one subtitle, you know, yeah. and it was pretty good. It, it, it at least prompted me some more ideas and I ended up tweaking it. I didn't use what they had, but I ended up tweaking my final subtitle. Yeah. And I, I found that you can get it to tweak it. Like you could, let's say you weren't quite happy with those title subtitles. You could say, make them, make them punchier. Mm-hmm. Make them sexier, make them more blank, and it will come back and give it the old college try, and does pretty well. Well, kind of in your wheelhouse, Bill. I um I was playing around with some stuff, and you know, talk about either writing a book or Ooh. even the way you write emails. Um, I asked it to create some like fable type stories for me, and I kind of gave it some parameters what I wanted the lesson <clears throat> to be. I said, create you know a five hundred word story. Um, you know, with characters 
and a fable format to, you know, with, um, to come up with this, um, point that you want to make it the moral of the story. And it, it actually did pretty good. Like it gave you something to work with. Uh, you could probably spice it up a little bit here and there, but yeah, definitely, um, just spit out a whole story, you know, that's kind of unique, not completely unique. You can see some, a couple of ones I did, you kind of recognize from like famous stories online and things like that, but it was unique enough and a little bit of a twist that, uh, it made for, you could use it as you're writing a book. If you need a illustration, you could come up with an illustration for you. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I've played around a little bit with trying to get it to tell stories the stories again seem to come out a little bit of a little bit stilted and generic, but yeah. it definitely knows what the structure of a story is supposed to be. So if you kind of give it more instructions um, about a certain segment of the story, yeah. like say the transition or the resolution or whatever, it'll it'll kind of work with you and give it give it a try. Yeah, I've I've prompted it to say, hey, in, in three act format or in this you know man yeah. versus man format or whatever. Oh wow, and it'll it'll come out with some pretty cool stuff. So my understanding is version, the chat GPT four comes out next month. I think it's uh, just a few weeks away and that's going to be, I mean, well, that should be interesting. It, no, yeah, they're right. saying this is like 10 times. Yeah. More than 10 times. The analogy I heard was if right now the, the, the base of information is drawing from now is, is, is a quarter that the next iteration that's coming out, you're saying in a month or so, I didn't know it was that soon. It's going to be, it's going to be drawing from the size of a basketball from a quarter to a basketball. So imagine the increase in sophistication it might have based on that alone. That's pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they've been saying spring. So um, it's about the perfect timing. I mean, whoever their PR person is, but <laughs> I mean, cause you know, the PR has died a little bit from, mm-hmm. you know, December, yep. January, and it's starting, you don't hear as much about it. So that'd be perfect timing if they brought it out. They took our next job. Month. <laughs> hey, did you ever see South Park episode about where it's like, they took our jobs? <laughs> like, um, so I feel like my job is leaving now. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. right. But it's crazy because now there's all these industries that are already popping up around AI. Sure. You know, prompt courses, prompt, you know, services, memberships on, you know, how to use AI. That's right. You know, all this kind of stuff. So it's going to yeah. be just like apps, you know, App, they, everybody thought apps were going to, you know, ruin everything, everybody's jobs, but then they ended up creating a whole, you know, mm-hmm. ecosystem for jobs and creativity and everything else. And I think AI is going to do the same thing. It'll, if you know how to use it. Well, this, the new versions, uh, from what I'm hearing has video. I mean, you're going to be able oh, to wow. create video. Really? Yes. Oof. That's going to change scary. things big time. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, there's already some, um, there's some softwares out there that are already doing that where you can put in, um, actually I saw this on AppSumo, yeah. uh, your buddy, David. Um, yeah. and one of the, one of the things was it, you just give it text and it would recreate a video like one of those motivational university type YouTube videos. You give it whatever text you want. It'll find all the slides um, the voice and everything and put it all together. You just enter text. So you could take, you know, a poem that you write, or you could take a, anything that you write, throw it in there and it'll create a video for you. So you could have instant, you know, YouTube content, create a YouTube channel just out of 
your blog post if you wanted to, for instance. But what's what's in the video? Is it still shots or it's, is it a live both. video? Or? It's both. It's both fading video, uh, you know, still shots in and videos and, and maybe, text overlays. Yep. And it it's basically using the keyword of, you know, each sentence or so that yeah. it's still not perfect, but the fact that it can d- even get close is pretty yeah. amazing. And as this next generation of AI comes out, that kind of stuff's going to be everywhere. So yeah, we're definitely going to be taking some jobs. Uh, but a lot of people grumbling yeah. out there. I can hear yeah, it. You just got to embrace it. That's, that's right. for sure. Yeah. I'm spending application of public. So. <laughs> <laughs> Still need greeters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Bill, we, you know, Sean and I, we've been having this conversation. Um, and oh, your got your landscape crews there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my new landscape crew called my own teenagers out there cutting the grass oh. they're supposed to be doing this tomorrow but they they jumped a, a day ahead so um, let them go <laughs> but no we've been talking you know copywriters out there you know what what's your what's your take on this because like sean said i think it's opportunities i certainly don't think it's going to kill copywriting copywriters out there the good copywriters i think you can utilize this stuff to your benefit i mean what's your what's your take on it no, I agree with that. If you're if you're a a low level copywriter, then you might have some reason to be concerned. Uh, it's it's just another reason to not only learn copywriting but to learn about how funnels work, how to increase conversion points at different parts of the funnel, become more than just a copywriter. Yeah. You know, I think for you know, like paralegals and attorneys, you know, those kind of real templated contract forms, things that can be churned out, maybe teachers with lesson plans, maybe the people that prepare those are in bigger danger. I think with copywriting, yeah, right now it'll churn out. It sounds, you know, can't we all tell? It sounds like AI. I've seen, I've seen it put out stuff. It sounds like you're reading AI. And I think if so many people start using these tools, it's going to, it's going to separate the public's going to get savvy to the voice of AI and I think it, I think for a higher level copywriter like myself, who has kind of a unique voice and can write in the voice of a client with a little bit of personality, yeah. it's going to be a while before AI can, you know, I'm not going to say it can never do that, but right now I can't, and I doubt it could for at least a few years. Right. Another, analogy, another analogy I heard is that, you know, it's, it's almost like think of an orchestra. It's instead of becoming the violin player, you might become the, the conductor who, who, you know, conducts the various pieces of the orchestra, that's what you're becoming. So maybe instead of just the single hired gun, you're the guy that orchestrates things sure. using the technology. So like Sean said, it's, it's just going to morph into something else. You got to kind of roll with it. So, but yeah, if you're, if you're just getting started in copywriting and you're just churning out basic direct response sales letters and you're selling to companies that don't have huge budgets that might be better off, starting with chat GPT and then just cleaning it up that, you know, that might be a cause for concern. Sure. Yeah. 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 From another angle of that, I was going to mention book writing because, and I bring that up because, you know, David, Mm -hmm. uh, you're publishing a book right now. You're getting ready to launch a book. Mm -hmm. And I know that you haven't incorporated you know, a lot of chat GPT, you've uh-huh. done a lot of it through interviews and things like that. But I mean, to me, that's another opportunity. Cause I, I think I was just hearing this past week on the news, like 
I forgot how many copies of books now are on Amazon that are actually authored by AI. You know, that it doesn't it doesn't shock me because um, I'm in some KD, uh, KDP Amazon yeah. published Facebook groups, and mm-hmm. some people. I'm getting the vibe. Some people, you know, they've done these low content journals and different things. And like, I think some people I've tried to do these books and I'm not, I'm sure there's some people making money from that, but like, it's just people trying to uh, not cheat the system, but cheat the system, like cheat sure. the system, meaning like <clears throat> not being unique or something different or whatever. And it's just like, all right, cool. I'll throw it out there and kind of get rich quick or whatever. But yeah. Um, I don't know for me, like I'm doing uh, bill, I'm doing a book, uh, it's called short term in the Smokies. And, uh, so it's about the Smoky mountains by short term rentals. It's the only book published on Amazon just for the Smoky mountains. So I feel like that's, uh, you know, like, and I'm doing interviews with people. And so, um, I think that is, uh, that is really unique or whatever, uh, on that, but also I could use chat GPT, uh, for, Gatlinburg facts if I wanted to, if it made sense or whatever. But, um, I think mine is just, and I'm not trying to Kool-Aid drink. If it, if it, if I was behind the barrel, I'm like, Oh crap, GP, you know, chat GPT got me or whatever. Like, but I feel like mine is unique of doing the interviews with people that actually own rental homes in yep. the Smokies and, uh, they're 15 interviews or whatever. But, um, so I feel like I'm, you know, protected, thank God, but I haven't really, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of hard for AI to simulate something like that. I mean, this is interviews with people that have, that actually own properties, right? Yeah. 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 And then I did one insurance agent in there and asked him about short-term rental insurance because that's what they need. So I interviewed him. Again, that's unique. You know, I know probably chat GPT could do something on like short-term rental insurance, but like I would still have to fact check it. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to hire somebody. So I just like, let me just hire the insurance agent. You know, that's an expert. Sure. Yes, who lives in the Smokies? Lives in Maryville. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But think about you know even even if you're writing the most unique book, think about if if there's thousands of new books getting on Amazon every week or month or day. I mean, are we talking about a race to the bottom here? Like, how are you going to be found? Uh, I know in the SEO world, you know, let's say you're a blog and you're putting out ten quality articles a month, and all of a sudden you can start putting out one hundred to two hundred per day. What's that going to yeah. do to SEO ranking? Google has to yeah. Google has to somehow figure out how do we detect what's AI and how are we going to reward or penalize people that are using AI. I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's a it's a can oh, of worms for sure. Well, I, think, of worms. I think going deep and here's my thought on that. I think going deep in a niche. So the book is only like the ball launcher of a pinball machine to me. Mm-hmm. That, that, like I call it pinball marketing is what I do, and so I view it like I've got this book. And just like in a pinball machine, you do the ball launcher and it launches and then they start bouncing around the different stuff. For me, I have bounce back offers in my books that bounce people to get them off the internet, to book a phone, book a phone call with people, bounce them to the free Facebook group, which has some questions prior to joining. Hey, did you buy the book short term rentals in the Smokies? You know, did you download this uh, free consumer awareness guide on uh, hiring a property manager? And so you bounce people around like a pinball machine or like a pinball in a good way. And, you know, they want to be, they want to get value. And I think going, the, the takeaway though, is going deep in the niche and just own it. So being a gorilla stomping in a mud puddle 
in there. So I'm like, all right, the Smokies is the playground and the, mm-hmm. is the box. How can I be everywhere? Like as Jay Abraham talks about, you know, omnipresent that I think that will separate if there's other books that come out. My, technically my tar- my, my competition is any short term rental book, really, you know, like how to start an Airbnb business. That's really, you know, but I niche it to Smokies because 13 million people visited last year and stuff. So, um, bigger than the Grand Canyon, they just we just found out, and so. Uh, but I think just being a lot of people, eighty twenty rule, ninety ten rule, people aren't going deep in things or whatever. So I think just staying in that space or whatever will Absolutely. definitely. Yeah, the other question people are asking about, you know, showing up online and things like that is if more and more people adopt something like chat GPT to communicate and research with what's going to happen to S- typical, you know, SEO that we've known for the last, for the first 25 years of the internet, right? Cause right. now people don't really need to read blogs if they can go to, or if they think they can go to oh, AI, sure. which will just, and that's already happening. Like a lot of people are actually searching in, G- in chat GPT instead of Google and Bing is yeah. already, integrated AI into their chat, into their browser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it, it pulls up different, very differently than what you get on Google right now. And not only that, it, it calls into question what will happen to Google itself? How are they not freaking out right now? <laughs> and, then, and then think of the implications when you go, I mean, who would have guessed? Just like I've always thought, okay, everyone's got a smartphone. Like what's, what's going to replace a smartphone? But right. we never, I never really thought what could replace Google because you think, well, what what could? It, it's not in our imagination. But now we have ChatGPT, and think about it: you're getting you're getting one result, and think of the power that is. Yeah. That, you know, and so some some searches you'll probably never want to use ChatGPT for because you do want to go through several links. Yeah. But for for certain ChatGPT uh, searches where you get that one reply. Uh, you know, just imagine, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I just wonder how the search model is going to, going to change if, if you're only limited to one result. And in some cases that might work, like give me a recipe to make chocolate brownie. Yeah. But yeah, if you're, if you're talking about what's the, what's the best blank, well, chat GPT has to make some kind of value judgment and how's, how's, what's the criteria for that? Yeah, but I think you're right. Some people want a second opinion, right? They don't just want one, yeah. one perspective. Hey, they want yeah, to be able hey, to hey. see multiple perspectives. Not only that, but ChatGPT at this point seems to write in a very authoritative voice, like this is the way it is. Right. And I've already, I've already heard enough reports that sure. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's drawing on the internet, so it's drawing on a lot of factual errors. Like I, yeah. Well, one result that said, yeah, well, Hillary Clinton was the 45th president of the United States. This is very factual <laughs> terms, but in fact, she lost the election. So, you know, I, I maybe maybe this new version that's coming out next month or whenever it is will kind of clean up these those sort of things. But right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like it, the right? Wikipedia now of, uh, of AI. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's this vicious loop, right? It's sure. If people are using AI to write and then AI is reading what people wrote on the internet oh. using AI, it's just, it's just going to be reading itself, sure. you know, and just basically it, it reminds me of like, all we're going to have is like article spinners, which yeah. To be fair, the first 10 results on Google are basically 
the yeah. same thing right, yeah. written by different people who are just mm-hmm. trying to get to the first, you know, entry on Google. So it's not a lot different from that. Cause you know, if you, you know, I do a lot of research in like the health space and things like that. And, you know, I'll, I'll research a supplement like magnesium and Healthline always comes up first, yep. but then there's like six other people that the article is within, you know, it's 90% the same article. Yeah. yeah. They might add one extra thing or one extra picture or, you know, one extra point or something like that. Um, so I, I think there's going to be more and more of that, which is the opposite of what the average user wants. So it'll be interesting how they, how they deal with that. Like, how do you, how do you keep from just getting the same stuff sent to you over and over, which was a problem with, for Google already, but, you know, yeah. build it to, to your point, like, it's kind of like the Kodak thing, right? Kodak missed the digital camera, even though they had the patent on it. They had the they had a digital camera, and they they're like, ah, no big deal. Do that. <laughs> That'll never take that out. That wasn't one decision. That was multiple grown as adults. Yeah, yeah. How did like wow? Yeah, yeah. Like, but it, but it happens in, in you know there's it, no case study after case study throughout history of that, and you know Google got so big that they missed yeah. AI, you know, and. Yeah. Now they're behind the ball because open AIs obviously cornered the market on it, for, at least for now. Right. Um, I think they're the, a lot of people think they are the next or the, maybe the first trillion dollar company based on the, all the things they've got going on besides chat GPT. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'll be inter- interesting to see how, how do we, I guess the question for this show is how do you stand out? Yeah. This? And I think, I think Bill had a good point is the personalization being able to share your own, you know, mm-hmm. Bill, you're really good at sharing your own stories. I know David, mm-hmm. you do a lot of that. You tell stories. I mean, AI can't replicate what happens in our own lives that we share. Mm-hmm. So I think that's right. I mean, one advantage. Bill, you wrote a you great you you wrote a great email last week about your trip to Starbucks. I think it was. Um, I don't know how long ago that actually happened, but it the email came out last week. I think. Yeah. Um, like that's the kind of stuff. That's the uniqueness that I think people are going to have to learn to share. And I and I know good writers already do that. You know the Jeff Goings, the um, Mark Hansons, those kind of people. That's what they do, Bill. That's what you do in your emails. So I think that's how you're going to have to stand out going forward. Is or David, like you're doing with the interviews and things like that. Yeah. So you you got to find that that one angle that only you see of the world. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great line. Only the way you see it. I, I still think like most people are not engaged. They're only halfway engaged in things, you know, mm-hmm. like I was, I had a really cool lunch today with uh, there's a guy named um, Tennessee Ernie Ford. He used to be like almost like the Ryan Seacrest back in the fifties and sixties. Uh, I had lunch with his son today uh, at Jay Alexander's and he's a voiceover artist too. Does he talk like dude, this? Does he talk like Dude, this? Dude, he's got like 10 of those voices right there. Like, he knows the guy that does Optimus Prime. <laughs> oh, like, wow. That guy, Peter yeah. Cullen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's on auditions with that guy. That guy's got an amazing and, voice. Nike and Harley Davidson, all that. And just nice, nice dude. But he said it's funny. He hates when people do, like, like fake Southern accents and things. And But he's oh, talking yeah. about as you get, you know, better and better, that circle gets really small of who is actually in the game. Right. doing something you know he's kind of at the top when if i sent you some audio reels that he sent me it's like i don't even know what to do with it it's so insane like his voices he's so good at british and everything and uh 
but it's just like because he's in a game. He's a student, you know. And they just like then you you become unique because you're actually like engaged in it and stuff. So and it works for everything. And it's always you've always had to have some uniqueness, you know. Um, you can't be I always say your worst enemy is white noise. Yeah, absolutely. You know? you can't, have, you can't. That's your worst enemy is white noise. There's just so much information now mm-hmm. in general. It's like you know my first job. You know just you know, add a attention, interest, desire, action. It's like grab people's attention. You know, that's what you got to do. Just snap them out of the coma. They're pattern interruption. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yep. got to interrupt that, that sequence. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think stories do that as well as anything. We've talked about that, you know, Bill, that's your thing. Um, Cause when you open, I mean, was it, was it your email today? Now who's somebody's email I got today. I don't think it was yours, Bill. Somebody's. Um, the subject line was, I cried <laughs> good, good and I was like, wow, that That's is good. good. And I had to, I, like, I had to read it. Like I could not, not read it. I don't even remember who it was now. If you anchor that guy or gal, whoever it was, that name, why is Dean Jackson or whoever? Yeah, it was a guy and, it's and like- that probably, that probably added to it. It was a guy, right. That yeah. I follow. Um, I've forgotten yeah. who it was at the moment, but yeah, there's um, an attachment to it a little that bit. That was the subject line. Just yeah, the subject line was I cried, dot, dot, dot. Okay. And uh, then it went into a story. You know, the whole email was a story. And I was like, man, that's a, that was, I actually replied back. I was like, that's a great subject line. Yeah. <laughs> and I put it in my, I put it in my stole subject it. line <laughs> swipe file. It, Swiped it, it. it reminds me of a subject line that I saw that it was, if I die tomorrow, dot, dot, mm. dot. Dude. Mm. That's good. Too. That's really yeah, good. That's, yeah, everybody wants to know know that one. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it, it really plays to the curiosity. So um it does make you wonder like, can you prompt AI to come up with those kind of things? And I, I think you will on the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, even this one you can. And I, and Bill to answer your question about like the stiffness, what I've seen, you know, John Benson did a webinar and he kind of came up with this system where he's using three different AI tools to write a, a sales page, like a full sales page. Mm-hmm. And he takes, he does one thing in one AI, another takes that, puts it into the next, takes that and puts it into the next. So he's got like this assembly line process and it spits out like a really powerful, um, really well done, not a level, but probably B plus a minus, you know, maybe copy for a sales page that would work in most niches most of the time, but it probably wouldn't work like, at Agora for a financial newsletter, yeah. right? Or, you know, a, a, a tough niche like supplements, mm-hmm. right? It, I think the, the example he created was for dog training or something, um, which is, you know, the bar is not as high there as it is for some of these tougher niches. And I think that's another thing. Knowing the niche you're in mm-hmm. will let you know and understanding that how sophisticated that market is will let you know what will work and what won't. Right. Like internet marketing, you're not going to get away with, probably doing AI sales letters for the most part because that, that, that market is very sophisticated. They're going to, they, they can spot copy, good copy, bad copy. Um, but if you're in, you know, marriage counseling, they could probably, probably get pretty close, you know, with a few good stories and a few tweaks, you could probably get it there. Right. 
Yeah, if you're in internet marketing, you almost need to openly mock the AI version exactly. in your sales letter. Exactly. Draw attention to it very self-referential in a macro uh, way. <laughs> That's where you like get AI, AI to write something and then you like post a screenshot of it. It's like, yeah, yeah sure, you want to depend on AI. Here's what you get. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds very Ben Settle-ish, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you make fun of it. Make it the enemy yeah. um, and, and a bumbling idiot enemy yeah. of that. You That's know? right. Uh, so yeah, well, David, what do you have? Uh, um, Bill, you, I mean, you're free to come and go however you want. I don't know what you got going on. I know you got a, a life outside of this podcast, but, uh, um, I'm going to ask David a couple of questions. He's sure. long winded. So if you need to run, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, you can wave I'll, if you I'll want to stick around and enjoy the show. All right, cool. So David, what do you, I hear you writing a book about the Smokies. Um, yeah. What else are you kind of up to and interested in around the world of sales, persuasion, marketing, all that stuff right now? So I'm excited actually today. Um, I got a, I got a buddy that owns a flooring business and. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> and uh, It's good copy. Let's, let me write that down. It's the simplest sales letter I wrote. Um, so I haven't got, I've only done one direct mail piece ever and it got a 15% response rate, but that was like eight years ago. Yeah. And just haven't had, you know, the opportunity really to um, do one maybe for my own business or mm-hmm. others. I don't really go out and get clients usually like uh, or through the past few years, whatever. And uh, so I've got a buddy that has a foreign business and I was like, hey, if you'll do what I tell you to do, um, then and this is my idea. And I explained it to him. Um, I will do this for free and then you can pay me in the sales, whatever. I'm just doing it just because I enjoy the stuff. And then you can pay me a license, licensing fee if we want to do this other thing. So he lives in Spring Hill. Uh, I live in Tom's Station. Spring Hill is two miles away. Um, there's six neighborhoods that have $500,000 homes or more. And this one, na- so we want to market to wealthy people. That's the only people we're marketing to. Um, but there's this one neighborhood. He, um, it looked like about 250 homes in there. Um and he's done 34, he's made about $200,000 in that neighborhood um, doing flooring. He's done about 34 floors. All right. Wow. I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to send a sales letter out. Um, and then I'm going to, I bought a burner phone at Walmart. I know there's other ways to do it, but I bought a burner phone. So we have a separate phone number that it goes to. Love like, those hey, burner but, phones, man. Those are great. Yeah. There dude, is an I, app for I, that, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> There is an app for that line oh, too. I know there's like, there's, there's a million ways, but I'm just like, go, go, go. And I just said, dude, like, I'm just going to go to Walmart and get a phone and, you know, send me a Venmo or whatever. And David so, just likes carrying two phones on his belt. <laughs> and a pager. He loves that old school feel of flipping out that phone. Yeah. Right next to the fanny pack. <laughs> Wait one second. Like, you know, uh, so yeah, I'm going to actually answer the phone. I was going to have it forwarded to him, but I'm going to answer the phone mm. and take it and just see, because I want to track it. Uh, and so I'm excited about that very simple letter. I mean, like headline is, are you, uh, have you thought about upgrading your flooring? Question mark. A little yeah, so the, is, yeah, the nine word email. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, a picture of him and his beautiful wife, um, right next to the headline caption is my name's Javier and my wife, uh, whatever her name was. And, uh, uh, my family and I live in Spring Hill. So you got that local, like, Hey, I'm right up the street from you, that type yep. of thing. And then it just says, Hey, I'm Javier. Um, 
and uh, I've done 34 homes in Autumn Ridge. I use Courier New Font and bolded certain things. So just as they're skimming, you know, Autumn Ridge, you'll see that, 34 homes. I even worked in some good old boy uh, copy. Um, all my workers, uh, there's no baby mama drama. There's no drugs or drinking. Um, that's always so, good. But, yeah, because, like, that's what right. they expect. That's that's, the, yeah, that's the number one objection, that niche, the construction they, niche. is they that, Yeah, they don't call. They show yep. up drunk. They show up all these things. So I said, right. look, yep. there's no baby mama drama, no drinking, no drugs. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to give you a free quote. And then, you know, um, it says, hey, by the way, if you see me in Publix, don't be shy. Like, say hi to me. Um, take care. God bless. Whatever. P.S. Um, discounts are available, but I like to keep my guys local, but I fill up quick. So give me a call if you're even considering it. Then the back of it, there's a headline. The back of the uh, sales letter, um, there's a headline that says, here's some examples of homes I've done in Autumn Ridge. And so, um, and then it shows pictures before and after of like three different jobs. Sure. And so, um, so yeah, so that went out today in the mail and then, uh, number nine headline blue ink, um, no, no return address. I'm trying that. I'm going to not do a return address. And, uh, so we just mailed 235 ish, uh, letters mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. I mean, one job, if he gets one job, it oh, might yeah. be dollars twenty thousand yeah, dollars absolutely and then so if we do that then it, then we're also going to do a second notice same letter but i'm going to mark up a lot of red um in the next one mm-hmm. um and put second notice on it in two weeks and um so uh so we'll see what happens and then you know then i'm gonna go back to them and like write me a big check you know if we want to license that right. and so i just did that today and it's so kind uh, of, you thinking about licensing that across the country uh, I haven't even got there yet. I just was like, dude, like write me a check afterwards, you know, if we want to hit all the other neighbors. Cause that's not the only idea I have, mm-hmm. but just that whole being a gorilla stomping in a mud puddle and that farming le- sales letter, yeah, I think could really work, but I have different ideas on it too. In fact, actually what I, strategically from a persuasion standpoint, here's what I'm doing too. His best friend. So they'll go out in the middle of the day or tomorrow. I'm going to get his best friend who lives in the neighborhood, his name's Caesar. He owns like five taco restaurants around here. I'm going to get him to post in the neighborhood Facebook group this, like about Monday, because I'll probably get the letter on Monday. He's going to post in the group and just say, hey, if you thought about getting your flooring done, you should call my friend Caesar, whatever. Here's or my friend uh, Javier, and here's some, here's some pictures. So imagine they see this in their neighborhood Facebook group, Oh, okay, cool, like whatever. And then they open the mail and there's a letter from Javier. So I hit them from two different angles and one of them is an endorsement and one of them has proof of Autumn Ridge, like, you know, um, that type of thing. So I feel like it'll work. I have no freaking idea. I told him, I said, I have no idea if it'll work, but if you'll try it, like I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And then we can figure out, you know, afterwards if you want to keep doing it and that type of thing. Yes. Back when I started my handyman business, like 2006, before I got into copyright, I was studying copywriting, but I wasn't, you know, in it full time yet. I kind of did something similar. I did a flyer. Same thing though. You know, I put a picture of myself, you know, clean cut. And, and that's, yep. that was my opening line. Hey, I'm, my name is Sean. I'm a clean cut, um, 
you know, it's good words. Clean cut. Yeah. I can't even. Yeah. I'm clean cut. Um, just going after the American dream of, you know, trying to take care of my family, things like that. I don't smoke, don't drink. And, um, if you set an appointment with me, I'll I promise to do everything I can to show up on time. That was like the opening two or three lines because I knew my dad had a construction business and that was always the biggest complaint. Cause every time we were doing construction, like remodels, they'd be like, Hey, can you fix the ceiling fan while you're here? Because we can't get anybody to show up for that. Yeah. Right? So it's like all the little projects nobody could get. And, and that's still true. Probably more true now than ever. Um, oh, we talk about, it cause all my friends on real estate, you know, we have yeah. homes and my friends have real homes. And so it's like, you know, they all have baby mama drama. It's like there's a store <laughs> where you can get handyman and contractors. So if you just be normal, show up in a polo shirt, not smoking and drinking, yep. you're rich. You're basically that's right. rich. That's right. You that. Yeah, I was I was charging, you know, I was charging fifty to hundred dollars an hour as a handyman with yeah. no license, no nothing, just because people just like, okay, can you, and I had a couple clients, they're like, can you come hang a picture? I'm like, yeah, there's a minimum. And they're like, oh, that's fine. You know, it's like I the crazy. flathead and a Phillips head. I would <laughs> know. I would be doing a handyman right now if I knew the difference mm-hmm. between that. You know, yeah, if I was twenty years younger, I might go back to it. You know, never know. <laughs> I um, don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a local plumber or not, or if they're nationwide. But their whole slogan is "We're the smell good plumbers." <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I, great. I could, I, that'd be a pretty good selling point. That's so absolutely, yeah. No doubt, man. I love it. Well, I, that- I hope if this flooring thing works, Javier has like five crews. I didn't know he was that big when I started talking to him. I was like, oh, dude, like, how do you even organize that? I can't even imagine that. And uh, I said, well, I want to do a handyman business if this works. And I think it will. But, like, he only does flooring. That's all he does. But I'm like, dude, find, you know, somebody to do a handyman, put them on staff, and, like, let's start a handyman business and just blow that thing up as well, because that's the next thing. Like you're saying, like, oh, you're doing this, but can you hang this picture? There's like a thousand, I mean, there's 450 homes in our wealthy neighborhood. Just, you know, just take your money, just take their money, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. There, so. Yeah, we should, uh, we should talk off the show. I've got a couple ideas for you can, you can use, because I'm never going to use them, but, um, cool. but yeah, like that, I, I'm doing a letter similar. I'm doing a three letter series for a doctor who deals with, um, mild traumatic brain injury. So, uh, there's two classes, there's TBI, you know, like they get, you know, major concussions and then there's the mild, which is like kind of minor. Um, it's kind of like soft tissue damage used to be. Um, and right now very few people understand it or, and this doctor knows about it. So, we're sending out a letter to like 200 attorneys in his area to get them to use this as a new avenue for new oh, cases, new, that. you know, new stream of income, new, ty- new clients. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's like 2 million injuries a year that are mi- what would be considered like the mild mm-hmm. brain injury, but it still has real effects, confusion, you know, all the things they're just very, very hard to diagnose. Yeah. And this doctor does that. That's what he does. So, so yeah, it's like, there's so many of these opportunities. And if you get a winning series, you could roll it out nationwide easily. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, Every, every town has like six flooring installers, a tile guys or whatever that those letters would work for. Yeah. 
you know, you sell, you sell it on exclusive first come first serve basis, the license and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's know. right. No, I think so much lacking and, you know, local marketing, like it's just so lacking because it's like the best thing they do is like sponsorships and things and mm-hmm. against them. They're just a lot of, they're just lame a lot of times, you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, um, but people buy them for exposure, you know, um, and ego, I guess. But uh, it's like, man, there's just so much opportunity. I mean, these, a lot of these cats are not even using email still. I tell some of my local business friends, my restaurant friends, my I got all kinds of entrepreneur friends around here and it's like, they're still not emailing people. And I'm like, um, send them the bill. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm tempted about last week. I was tempted. I'm like going to like, I'm thinking my friend Margaret right now that owns this, like this, I don't know, clothing boutique type thing, um, for women. And she's the greatest personality. She's phenomenal. She's doing video. Right stuff like that. But I'm like, I've said, you should email your list and even write this like quick question or checking in on you. I call it my good old boy emails that I write that like get 50% open rates and stuff. And, um, and she's still not sending emails. Neither is my friend Frank from, um, from this restaurant. I know. And I'm just like, man, you know, people are, I mean, I coach people all the time, you know, coaches, other, you know, like health coaches, all these things. And I'm amazed how scared they are to, to send emails like it's and bill you probably see this it, all the time it's, it's like it's, it's the number one uh, roadblock people have first of all it's amazing to me that it's still dismissed after all these years it's not going anywhere <laughs> but john you you identified the number one problem people just they're so afraid of bothering or annoying their list yeah 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 and i don't know the analogy i always use is you know you get you get junk mail and your snail mail box all the time nobody thinks twice of it but for some reason it freaks people out Sure. Send an email that might get ignored. Like nobody dies of an email. No, <laughs> and, 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 you're, and you're and you're being so you're being so courteous by putting an unsubscribe link. There's no there's no risk to you, but it just freaks people out for some sure. reason. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Isn't that interesting on success? Like I know fear. Like I have my own fears. Like so, but like, um, you know, but it's just like stuff on some of these things. It's just it's mind blowing. That's like that separates you from another level of success. You won't send an email or you won't do a direct mail piece or, you know, have an event or whatever, just for some fear, you know, and amazing. Yeah. I'm coaching these people and I'll, they'll, they'll be like, well, how many emails should I send? And I was like, how many are you send now? They're like, none. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's start with one a week. How about one. that? <laughs> one. Or maybe one, just one time, you know? Yeah. But yeah. People are, are, are so, I don't know. Well, I, don't know I think they, they're, they're I think be- one of the issues is they think they're, they don't have anything to share. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, they think they're I, having to promote. And I guess I was going to ask Bill a question on, and I think I probably asked you this bill on a previous episode interview, but do you just record like, I mean, because we all have, you know, daily interactions or things that happen to us that we could utilize in emails. But sometimes, you know, for the most part, we just kind of go about our lives, Yeah. you know, without acknowledging that, Hey, that's, that's actually a pretty good, you know, that's actually a pretty good interview or a pretty good email or a pretty good story to write, but we go about our life. I mean, do you have, do you, I mean, do you record these everyday you know, activities that happen or something that stands out to you? Do you record that to utilize for? 
an email? I, I do. Okay. I, I have a whole process for it that's super simple. Yeah. And the first thing I tell people is, you know what? Six things probably happened to you today that would have made for a great email. Yep. It just, it just, it just, you just need to have your radar attuned to it. Yes. So it could be, it could be as simple as a cashier was rude to you at the store or, yeah. or she was super nice. She looked you in the eye and truly cared about the day you were having, like, like something as innocent as that, that would normally just fly over your head. If you, whether it's pulling out your phone and recording uh, an Apple iPhone note, verbal note, or writing it down on a Moleskine notebook, you have just whatever it is. Uh, at the end of the day, I keep right. a spreadsheet. And in fact, I'm writing an email right now. My this spreadsheet of email ideas is up to 672 rows because these are just things that occur to wow. me. I'll never get to all of them. They're just, and all you need to write is like one line. One thing you can do at the end of the day, just take five minutes and go, what was the one story worthy moment that I could write about at some point? Sure. Like something probably happened during your day. You yeah. saw something, you heard a comment, whatever it is. Yep. <clears throat> People don't realize that because they're just living in the, you know, it's like the fish not knowing it's in water. It's just, that's just what they're doing. Yeah. yeah it, re it reminds me of the quote. Um, I just looked it up. That which is most personal is most universal. Yeah. Yes. And yes. If, if you can start, and most people are, that's what they're most scared to share is the most personal stuff, but that's in fact, what is most universal Absolutely. and most appealing to people. Yeah. Dave, Dave is really good at this on, I, I noticed, you know, your Facebook Posts a lot of times, David, yeah. are very personal, but you know what? They're very engaging and oh, they're very, very persuasive. I mean, they kind of suck in because it's like you're sharing, it's oh, like those good. everyday stories. It is, I will say, it is real. I know what I'm doing. I'm conscious of what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I'm always thinking about attention. Right. But they're all, they are always real. I will say that I just have a sausage is made. Mm -hmm. It's like no embellishment when I write it, yeah. but I write it because. It's just unique and people, I just, people are obsessed with people. I'm not saying yeah. people are obsessed with me, but you know, people, everybody's got followers. Like all of mm -hmm. us got followers to some extent. People are obsessed with drama. Let's just, drama. let's I get real. say that. Yeah. <laughs> Reality TV. Like that's. Yeah. I mean, it's like the rubberneckers on the hot, on, on the interstate, you know, it's like, yes. come on, what's holding up everything and you, you drive by and it's like, there's a wreck on the other side of the lane. It's like, yeah. Uh, you know, Do you remember the on? idea, Jonathan, I came up with like 10 years ago? And I sold one of the ideas. Like I gave them to a girl that <clears> is super pretty famous now, right now, Adley. Uh, she got ridiculous views on Facebook. But uh, how they sell cars and how they sell homes and, and yeah. all that stuff. Right. Because, um, I came up with those domain names, and that concept, because the best-selling book of all time is the Bible. The best-selling magazine is People Magazine. The top shows are reality shows, and this is this is like ten yeah. years ago when right. I came mm -hmm. up when I thought of this. But yeah. like that tells you everything right there. And so if you just sell people, like one of the websites I have now is howtheylostweight.com, right? And for people that lost fifty pounds or more, mm -hmm. so it's to like obese people, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's story, sell, facts, tell. We know that. And so just doing interviews of people, yeah, um, those are the top top things or whatever. So, um, now, but I like, I'm, I'm a curious person by nature. So I post all kind of stuff. I'm also going to post, I think today I'm gonna post about, I heard somebody on Instagram yesterday, uh, talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z have a prenup prenuptial and a post nuptial agreement. And they're going over that like a million dollars a year for five years, different things. But wow. this lady called it marriage insurance. 
Now, I only know one person, one friend of mine actually has a prenup. Yeah. And I know it. I found out by accident. He told me one day, and I was like, dude, you're the only person I know. I might have other friends, but you're the only person I know that actually has a prenup. Right. And I found it fascinating. But, it, you know, prenup seems like, oh, my God, that's not like. But I'm like, the way they explained it. So I'm thinking about making a post where it's edgy. You know, you're talking about prenup and like, dude, yeah. well, you don't love the person. You don't trust the person. But yeah. this lady described it as marriage insurance. And it was like, all right, that's an interesting topic. I'm not saying I agree with it. I don't know. But I'm yeah. like, I, this caught my attention. And the way it's framed, I'm like, that's not dumb. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. You know, I'm already married and everything. I'm not saying I'm, but that's an interesting. So I know it's edgy. I know it's a little edgy and I'm also curious about it. So I will post about it. I haven't done it today, but it's in my back of my brain. Kind of like you, Bill, talking about like something happened today. So yesterday, one of the six things that happened was me on Instagram following this girl um, that mentioned it. I'm like, that's a good topic. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's more fascinating than. I tell people that, you know, if you, you pulled a baby out of a burning building once, it's a great story, but nobody can relate to it. Yes. Right. Yeah. But you helped solve a drama on a, on a, on a flight from Denver to L.A. And <laughs> you and four of the guys put down some crazy guy, like some yeah. personal drama. Everybody can relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's like a good, a good comic, right? A good stand-up. Yeah. They notice the little, ordinary, everyday things and turn it into this huge... Yeah, you know. Well, that's why Seinfeld was so popular. Yeah, it was a story. It was a show about nothing, right? Every day. Yeah, (laughs) it was a comedy about nothing. Everyday life. Yeah, Yeah. um, that is Is that. Is that you, Bill? That does the Seinfeld emails, Bill? Do you do the Seinfeld emails, or is that somebody else? I think that's somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, somebody actually coined that, like Seinfeld emails, where it's it's basically you know like very, what would seem like nothing emails. That's a great idea because that yeah. a lot of my emails are like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Ben Settle actually named that. Is that what it, who it is? <laughs> I like, like that. Talk about nothing. Like no, I try. It's very. It's funny. I was telling somebody. I got a buddy, David Criswell, that has really engaging posts. He has very engaging personality, just in real life. Um, and then he'll get a lot of you know he'll get a lot of likes and engagement, and then he doesn't. Uh, and then some posts like kind of die. And I made a post today, you know how, like when it's your birthday and it says, you know, on my birthday, like I'm going to make a donation to such and such, you know, that Facebook thing that pops up, like, Mm -hmm. um, where it's like, you know, for my birthday this year, I want you to donate to St. Jude's or whatever. So I made a post today about, you know, for my birthday, which is in a few weeks, um, I would like you to make a, 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 uh, a donation to the David Dutton Center for kids that don't read good, want to do their stuff good. And, uh, and and Bill, by the way, I joke around. I graduated high school with a 1.9 GPA, just so you know. It's right there on my bio, so it's real. And uh, that is real from Riverdale High School, 96. But I've written nine books, and, you know, I've, I've built a multimillion-dollar company and all that stuff, whatever. But anyway, so – but I joke around about me having 1.9 GPA. It's very well-known. And if I ever buy a fancy car, I will be putting it on my license plate, 1.9 GPA uh, on that. But I very I own it, you know, because, you know, but I thought it would just kill. And it's gotten, I hadn't been on, I've been on here for an hour or so, but it's like, I thought it would just like laugh, laugh, laugh. But I got tons of likes. Yeah. Like a handful of laughs, but I'm like, 
Dude, that is totally hilarious from Zoo. By the way, Zoolander, if y'all don't remember, it's from Zoolander, you know, that line or whatever. And, uh, and, but it's funny, human nature, humans are the wild card. You can do like, you know, and I know comedy is subjective or whatever, but I have pretty engaging, like Jonathan said, I have a lot of people kind of engage in my stuff, but that one, I was like, tell my buddy, they, mother, bud, dad was like, damn, like likes, why are you even liking? I don't even want your likes. <laughs> it's like, like, I thought this was like really funny, but it's like, dude, there's all oh, like, 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 and the comments, yeah. but. It's but everybody's different. Depends on what day you mail them, you know, and post. Like Fridays, Mondays, and Fridays, people are really busy and that type of thing. So, but you just never, you just never know. Yeah, that's why we, that's why we split test. You just, I, I've given up trying to predict what people are going to react to. I'm, I'm so often wrong, and yeah. sometimes the emails that resonate most with people are the dumbest little observations I have. Yeah. yeah, I just wrote an email. Email. And I, I don't mean to get back into ChatGPT, but instead of writing about the usefulness of ChatGPT, I wrote about the dynamic. How I kept talking back and forth to it, and I started using please and thank you, thinking that if I didn't please this robot somehow, it would either think I was rude and stop giving me good information. I got a <laughs> flood of replies saying I thought I was the only one. That's great. That's, That's awesome. That is really wow. good. Everybody thought that. Does Everybody that work? That. Does that work? Being polite there, Bill. Well, actually, uh, well, it, it still gave back. It still gave back to me, you know, good information. Yeah. But I have found that that the more brusque you are, the shorter you are with it. Actually, the better because the more words you insert there, it's taking that as information, and you want to be as clear as possible. And me and my wife are watching a show on Apple TV called Hello Tomorrow, where it's it's set in the '50s, but they're using AI and stuff. It's like it's set in the future and the past. And this one guy has a suitcase that follows him. It's like a, it's a bot. And he just gives it very short commands, like, follow me, give me this, give me that. And that's, that's apparently what AI likes. So I found that with ChatGPT, I forced him, because I'm a nice guy. I'm, I'm always saying, please, and thank you. Appreciate that. This is great. That's right. That's so right. then I, I thought, well, let me, let me give it to what it's one. Well, you're give just a courteous person, Bill. I mean. That's right. So, yeah. but, but I, but I, I decided to go the other way and see what happens. So I just that's said. Right. Give me ten more or more. Make it punchier. Make it sexier. So and it's it's true what Zig Ziglar said that uh, timid people have skinny kids. I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's still that's still true to today. I, I got I got a new title for you, Bill. You're going to be the AI dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. That's great. Man, that's so funny, Bill. Like these are thoughts. So I can't use Chat GPT like. I tried it and then like they couldn't authenticate me. And then now you can't even talk to anybody. And so I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so I haven't got to like use it. I've just sent it some things to my buddy, like the, the subtitles of the day. I just text like, dude, we throw that in the software and like send it back to me, whatever. Cause it just, for some reason, I, I think I tried to use another email address or something. I don't even really know what I did, but right. I can't. I did like what yeah, you blacklisted. You couldn't you couldn't pick out the four <laughs> fire hydrants and the eight photos. Yeah. 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 It was just like so I haven't even got to use the thing and everybody's talking about it. And it's like, uh, I'm just gonna send it to somebody. I don't know. But <laughs> but I thought about that because I caught myself like when I was gonna send it over to my buddy saying please. And I'm like, I hadn't told anybody this. You're the first person you're all the first people I told that, but it's like please. And I was like, it's a freaking computer. Like, right. you know, yeah. Well, it's, it's so it's very easy to start thinking of it that it might have some sentient qualities, yeah. which, which we know intellectually it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. being out to dinner with my niece and her boyfriend. 
and I, I felt really old because I pulled out my phone. We needed to know something. I said, Siri, blah, blah, blah. And he looked and the, and the boyfriend looks at me and goes, you know, you don't need to say Siri. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I knew that, but I guess I'm trying to look like the guy using Siri. And Dude, I, no, I, I did not know that too. I, did, I was today years old when I was just learned that. <laughs> I did not know. Wow. That's hey, good. We're all there, Bill. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you did wow. the persuasion. So I didn't get to know, like, John's asked me to come on the show. And so I don't know much about this. So you do persuasion stuff? Yeah, I, I teach people how to write story-based emails for their marketing. Oh, man. Dude, I love to have a conversation sometimes. He's got a great course, Story Sales Machine. Yep. Oh, wow. Check it out. I love it. That's cool. How long have you been doing this? Uh, three years now. Dude, that's I yeah, still after writing, after writing for clients for about 20 years. I still yeah. use Bill's content, like, I mean, because he's got some pre-done uh, emails for you. So he's got some great stories that you can utilize and tweak in that course. So yeah, I highly recommend it. I would trade with you. If you want to trade, <laughs> want to trade I'm going to give it to you. So you have free. Okay. We, so we built an email list of 400,000 people in my last company. Um, and then we had about 300 to 500,000, I'm sorry, 300 to 500 people a day download our book. And then, um, I wrote 21 emails that basically built our company. Two of the emails, I call them money, money emails. And I even had them when people would reply to them, add them in Gmail, they would forward to the folder money emails. And, uh, and I, I trained my virtual assistant because I'm a freak about my time. Um, I'm obsessed with it. And so, I trained my assistant to write like me. And so that way I didn't even have to like do anything or whatever. I just said, Hey, these are like what I'm wanting to accomplish on here. And so my top headline, and I've been doing this since 2007 saying this one headline, uh, cause I wrote a book called get connected like 2007, but, um, quick question is one of my best headlines ever. Lowercase. I get a 50% open rate usually. And what I, my goal of that one was for them to dialogue, like, um, did you get the book or something like that? I'm just trying to like good old boy and it literally be like Bill dot, dot, dot. Uh, did you get the download for the book? Question mark, Dave, Mm -hmm. actually it was Michael, my partner. And then I would actually, after the E I would scroll down like 50 times. So they didn't think it was an autoresponder. So I did that. And then uh, that was like three days after, and maybe two weeks after taking in on you all lowercase was another one that was like my only two emails were like my money emails. The other ones made us money, but those two emails were like, Oh, this is not autoresponder. This is like, I'm actually talking to the celebrity. And so, and then that one was like, uh, Hey Bill, checking in on you. Did you end up reading replace your mortgage? Question mark. Yeah. Um, Michael and then and then scroll down 50 times or whatever so um they didn't see powered by Aweber you know or unsubscribe or anything like that right but anyway those two emails made me you know tons of money whatever and I've been using them for a believe it. I believe it. one of the one of the best subject lines that I know still pulls is just the simple word in lowercase hey mm-hmm. what ATY hey yeah. wow you're saying you said the letter a no no, no. no. hey word the word hey, in the subject line, in the subject line, that's it. Yeah, you're not your head because I know you know that's that's true. Well, that's what that's what a friend would write to you, right? Yeah. Like if I if I had to email you, Bill or David or Jonathan, like if I I would just be like, hey, hey, 
you know, real yep. quick and good stuff. Um, and you'd see, obviously that works better if it's from a friend, but it still works. Yeah. If they're attached to you, if there's some little, I'm following yeah. you a little bit, you know, like I'm at least somewhat engaged. Like I give like Dean Jackson, you know, or somebody like I follow yeah. like Jackson or somebody like that. That's non friend. Um, I could see that still working. Yeah. You know? I'll tell you what, I, I think, and I'm trying to figure out how to manufacture this and you guys could probably help me figure it out. Um, I've worked like personally with AWAI, you know, that's where I learned about copywriting. So I know the owners, the, the, you know, the president, the vice president, a lot of people there. So when I get their emails and it's personalized, I can't not look at it because I actually sure. know the people. Right. No, so yeah. like if you can figure out in your, in your marketing sequence, when on, in your onboarding sequence, how do you actually create like a one-to-one conversation? Any of those types of tricks, the, the personalization tricks get multiplied big time. So like whether it's a quick five minute or 10 minute phone call, whether it's a, you reply directly to an email, anything like that, I think pays dividends for years on end. Sure. Because yeah. there's like, oh, he really does know who I am because we've uh-huh. talked. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's like Bill back and forth, you and I email back and forth, you know, cause we've met on this podcast, but now in email, if you personalize something, I'm like, is he talking to me or is this part of his email yeah. sequence? And I don't know for sure. So I have to open the email. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And so, here's, a, here's, a, here's a great technique for that. And, you know, everybody knows about using personalization in a subject line. Like, you know, we, you can program, you put a certain code and it'll say, Jonathan, this right. is for you. But what's less used is putting it in the body, like four or five paragraphs deep, and you just put comma, first name, and when you see your name pop yeah. out in the body of an email, it boy, yes. it really feels like that person's talking to you. That's sure. less you, and it can be, it can be pretty attention getting, you know. And you don't, there's a line too. You don't want to, you know, look like somebody who's kind of abusing the, uh, like trying to trick people. Yeah, yeah, but. But if you write to one person, if you know, like the avatar, um, I have to go shortly, whatever, my phone's about to die. But they, uh, um, you know, if you write, the, the, you know, what we all know is writing to one person. Like when we wrote to those 400,000 people, it was like, we wrote to that 35 to 54 year old male, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think having that in mind when you write it, I think that really helps with what you're saying, Bill. Yeah. I would use personalization more. I would do the typical Hey Bill, blah blah blah, whatever, and it might be a little bit longer email, but I didn't use it. Um, I haven't used email like that in you know in the body as much the personalization as much as I should have. Yeah, I never I never use it at the beginning because everybody does that, and I, I assume everybody at least in the internet marketing crowd they all know that's 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 a bot talking. Sure, yeah, it's not sincere. I also never use dear friend because I don't say that to people. <laughs> right, you know, so I just kind of launch right into it. Right, but. Uh, Another uh, one is also the sub in the subject line is using them in different ways, like the at the end or something of a subject line, like um, or and not necessarily like I'm trying to think of one at the end, but like uh, of course I've been drinking my hundred proof over here, and so, <laughs> uh, uh, but like Bill finally learns how to write copy or something, you know, like the benefits. You know, like the name plus the benefit. Mm. 
you know, you know, it can be cheesy too. You got to like really think about it. Don't do a dumb headline, but like, I think using stuff like that, I wish I had my, um, I think like, you know, Bill, I've seen you, I think you do something like this. It's like near the end when you're kind of wrapping up and you're kind of closing, that's a great place to use. It's like, yeah. anyway, David, what I was, you know, I just wanted to let you know Uh-oh. about this technique and share it with you. Cause you know, I appreciate you being a follower and a reader. Holy hell. Yeah, like, or, or it, it really like, jumps out right there. Yeah, or something like, or maybe even you, David. Like you just really make it so that it seems hey. like, whoa, whoa he's yeah. really talking to me. Yeah, it works really well in the close because then they remember it at the end, right? right. It's like, what's the old sense. saying? It's like people don't remember what um, they remember how you make them feel, not necessarily yeah. what you told them. Yeah, and they feel seen if you do it at the end. At the right. beginning, it's a tactic. Yes, and in the subject line, it feels like it's. You know, it's, it could go either way, depending on the relationship and the sure. subject line. Definitely the deer, whatever, or, you know, the, in the beginning, it kind of, kind of feel planted there. But at the end, like you said, Bill, so few people use it at the end. It, it really like, it's a shock when you get to the yeah. end and you see your name. Right. That is really good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you guys, let me ask real quick, cause we're, way over time we'll split this up into two i guess this will be episode 300 and 301 (laughs) Uh, um, get the maximum value out of this episode yeah yeah, i don't don't even know if you guys are regular listeners so i'm i I could be shooting myself (laughs) in the foot but do you guys have a favorite well let me not say favorite episode what's your favorite persuasion tip yeah there you go um David, I'll let you go first. What's your, if you could give people a billboard, I, I can't yeah. remember who does this, yeah. but if you could give a billboard with one message on it and as a persuasion oh, message, persuasion influence. Yeah. Dude, this is a great, what a great freaking question. I love the question. Uh, I've never thought about it like that. Um, I'm thinking about my Jay Abraham book as a uh, beginning. Dude, I thought you'd be, t- I thought you'd be referencing Cialdini. <laughs> well, I, I, I question. I legit think that's a good question. Uh, I would go. I, all right, I know what I, I know what my answer is now. It just hit me. It okay. is, and it's authority. The whole chapter. It's the only reason yep. why I write books is because of authority mm-hmm. and how people view me different for writing books. Hands down, that is that. Like, if a gun to my head and I had to perform, I'm going with authority. Because mm-hmm. we're always trying to find back, like in the caveman days, oh, that cat is like killing all the animals. I'm gonna follow that cat. Like he knows how to do things. He's a leader now, and uh, so that's that authority. So that is just <coughs> highly persuasive. I uh, knew you would go authority, David. I, I mean, absolutely knew you would go authority. I mean, dude, uh, Bill. By the way, side note: I wrote my first book at 26. Yep, and so. It was like uh, because of a guy named David Fry, like big time marketer and good friend of mine today. But uh, he worked for Arthur. Can I tell the story real quick? Yeah, oh, yeah. This I is- doubt it, but you, David you Fry. Can try. <laughs> uh, I doubt you can tell it quick, but you can try. All right, I'm gonna tell it real quick. All right, one quick. It's he worth it to hear about David Fry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Arthur Anderson, uh, that big old consulting company that ended up you know, going down or whatever. Um, he would sell like $50,000 consulting. Um, he would bring on a guy that worked with him sometimes, but sold something different. And he would sit down with a client and he, uh, they weren't sure they're going to close a deal. And he said, this guy would 
towards the end of the meeting, would reach down his briefcase, open a book, pull out a book, open it, sign it, slide it over to the client and say, look, here's a, I know you aren't ready to do something today, but here's a book I wrote on the topic. Mm. That right there, he said, I, David Fry said, I would watch the dog and pony show. I remember that's what he called it when I was like 26 years old. Um, he called it the dog and pony show. He said, I watch it and you can see the prospects just melt. And mm-hmm. some of them would click over and, and buy and, you know, buy the consulting. And that's what that and chicken soup for the soul are the two things that got me to write a book. And of course, that led me to where I am today is writing, you know, books or whatever. So, yeah. What about, yeah. What about you, Bill? Well, I, I do like the authority one. I mean, adjacent to that would be proof. I mean, it's, it's all about proof when you get down to it, but that's kind of too easy. So the one, if I had to put on a billboard, something, I actually, I actually wrote an email about this once, but, and it works really well in personal encounters. So not just persuasion and copy probably look works less well in copy, but uh, a phrase that I use a lot or a philosophy is I, I like making it easy for people to say no. It just puts them in a relaxed state. And uh, I, the email I wrote once was about, they did some study where they, they had people approach people in a mall for some charity and they, 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 they did it the traditional way. And then the second way they did it was you'll probably say no to this, but, and then they went on with their thing. And, and the people uh-huh. that heard that phrase first, converted at a higher rate because they, it would put them at ease. And I like that. I like, so if, if, if I'm not sure if I, I, I know somebody wants to come to a party I'm inviting them to, I like to make it easy for people to say no. And if they don't, if they don't take you up on that, they're going to be open to offers down the road because you're, you're not high pressure. And I, that that's just true. kind of fits my style. And that's, that's, that's so funny. You say that. Um, I don't know if my wife's listening right now or not, but that, <laughs> That's like the technique I use on her. So I'm like, you're probably not going to like this. Yeah. You know, like, but, and then I go into it and you know, sure enough, it's, it's like, yeah, I think letting people off the hook early mm-hmm. is, is so, it's so counterintuitive, but it's Absolutely. also so effective because right. it, it, it gives them the power back or it yes. feels like it gives them the power back. And that's what, you know, that's the, one of the biggest cravings oh, of human nature is to is to have control and power. Absolutely. And- yes. That just puts them at ease. They don't feel like they're being sold. <clears throat> and if they say yes, it's coming from their own volition, not because they got hammer locked into it. There is yeah. a great example, Sean, that we need to uh, probably discuss on a future episode. You know, a book I'm reading right now called just listen. Fantastic. Mm. It, it Great. There's a whole chapter dedicated to that, letting people yeah. out, out off the hook. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, th- I think today when there's, you know, so much pressure to, you know, to do this for other people yeah. or, you know, because whatever, like to let people off the hook is so refreshing. Absolutely. And, and it just, it instantly tears down the wall. So that's, that's, that's right. a great reminder, Bill. I appreciate that. Yep. Thanks. Well, it's, also, guys, it's also coming from a place of strength. I know you got to go, but yes. it also shows how strong you are in your offer. That you, that, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. It, it works on a lot of levels, right? It's yeah. like, Oh, this guy's secure. Like, or this gal is secure. They don't, they don't need that. They don't I need had your buy-in. Me one time. Absolutely. Like, they don't yeah. have to have your buy-in. They're, they're good. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's I had a coach tell me one time, you don't need any given yeah. client you need clients right but you don't need any given client like Absolutely. right it, it could be the next one it could be whatever but right as soon as you think you need that client 
that's when the commission breath starts and everything else. <laughs> hey, what do we call that, David? The takeaway selling yeah. approach. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> yeah. He don't answer his freaking phone. <laughs> like, Never I'm answer like, your phone. You can't do a takeaway on me, man. Like, <laughs> like, Let it go to voicemail. Yeah. yeah. You'll get Absolutely. back well, guys, this has been fun. I appreciate you Absolutely. guys joining us on our 300th episode um, and 301, probably <laughs> the way we split these up. That's right. But, uh, even though the banner is going across the bottom, I never stopped it. Um, but yeah, so appreciate you guys having having us on uh, or being on with us. Sorry, the the 14% is kicking in at this point. <laughs> yeah, I get uh, pick up on you. Yep. So yeah, it's it's been fun. Why does that keep popping up? I know. I don't know. I keep probably because I keep adding. We're battling each other. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan and I are battling each other on the controls. Uh, Um, So we got a nice comment from some listeners out there. So yeah, that was good. But yeah, thanks guys. It's been fun. Great discussion today. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Bill. Yeah. Same here, David. Take care. And and honestly, this is how the show started, right? Is it was just me and Jonathan sitting around a table Mm -hmm. drinking, talking about marketing persuasion. So this is a great, that's right. If you're new to the show, this is a great example of kind of what the show is about and the origin story. Yep. It's just talking shop about this stuff while having a good beverage. That's so right. Join us for the next few episodes. And um, Jonathan, I'll let you take us out. Absolutely. All right, guys. You can find us on our 300th and uh, 301 episode, probably, more than likely, um, over at PersuasionByThePipe.com. You can find us on all of your streaming and podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, every one of them. Twitch. Twitch. You're there. We're there. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. And we got guys like, uh, you know, David Dutton and Bill Mueller. So, guys, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's always fun having you guys on. Uh, Bill Mueller, Story Sales Machine, will be posting some links where our listeners can find more. And, uh, David, I can't wait to read your upcoming book. Well, if Chad GBT don't see me, (laughs) absolutely. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you. Yeah, me too. See ya. Yep.